Good morning and welcome to another episode of Time Out here on VIC Radio. I'm your host, Nick Lebrano, joined by my co-host, Gabe Baltiera. How are you doing this morning, Gabe? I'm doing well, Nick. We have a fully packed show for you this morning, so let's jump right in. The New York Yankees lost 2-1 to one in Game 5 of the ALDS in Tampa Bay Rays last weekend. And after Chapman gave up a, a home run in the bottom of the 8th to Bresso. So, Gabe, I want to ask you a question really fast. What do you think the Yankees are going to do this offseason after such an up-and-down season and such a heartbreaking playoff loss? Well, here's the thing is I think this playoff, uh, if we look back into it, was a very, as you said, up-and-down. I mean, the games were very, I don't know, I think I would use the word inconsistent. You know, as, as we both know, this Yankees team is is a very strong team. I think there's, yes, there's been some injuries, but I think one of the biggest things they got to figure out is how to play just with consistency. Like every game has got to be, you know, one with a purpose. I think that was one of the things that the Yankees were lacking. And I was watching this uh, actually during the playoffs is that it seemed like one game, but they'd be on top of everything. And then the next game, it'd just be like, who is this team? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's... It was a really up and down, not even just playoff series. The Yankees played fine in the playoffs. I think pitching came back to bite us in the butt, especially in game two against the Rays, where uh, Boone and Chapman wanted to pull some trickery on the Rays lineup where they lined up against a righty and then they lined up against a righty. They said they were going to start Debbie Garcia. And then they pulled Debbie Garcia in the first and put in half to try to have half throw against a lineup ready to hit against a righty. And it totally backfired. The Rays were not like surprised at all. They right. hit, they, and- they lit up half that game. That's why we lost game two. And I think a big thing this year is Boom was mismanaging the bullpen. And Hal Steinbrenner came out earlier in the week and said that they aren't going to make Boone's going to be here next. Boone's going to be here next year. And I don't 100% know if that's the right move. I know a lot of Yankee fans are going to get on me for this. I'm a Yankee fan too. But I think that after the way the team played this year, granted we had injuries, but the way that Boone managed the bullpen and managed the lineups, I, I say we. I think you should fire Boone. Like I understand really? he's now made three postseason appearances, two seasons with 100 wins, but I don't like how Boone manages the team in the regular season. I don't think Boone managed the team well in the postseason. Like you can have these amount of wins – but Boone is doesn't go off of gut feelings or anything. He's all analytics. And sometimes going all analytics can bite you in the butt because your team may not play to the analytics that you're looking at that day. So how can you keep right. going off analytics? You have to ride hot hands and hot bats. And that's not something Boone tended to do. It took him until almost three quarters in the season to have uh, Clint Frazier be the starting left fielder. And that's over, over Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner was horrible for the majority of the year. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Boone, I mean, yeah, I agree. We, you can't just go off analytics. I think that's what he was doing this season. He was, like, solely expecting his team or his team to go off on just the stats. And I think that you, you just can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. you just can't do that. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, as we said, you know, we're both Yankee fans. And I think we're going to get some heat for this. But I think Boone's got to go. You mm-hmm. know? It's and just the facts. Yeah. There are a lot it's of just, questions about, like, even, like, players to keep what do you do with Gary Sanchez it's such a bad year and this isn't the only year Gary Sanchez had a bad year we keep saying that Gary Sanchez had a down year and oh he'll pick it up next year but for the last two seasons we've been saying that and he hasn't done it I think Kyle Higashioka has totally earned the starting catching job and that's another thing that Boone just refused to do granted we saw it in the playoffs but that was basically because pitchers were refusing to pitch to Gary Sanchez how do you keep Gary Sanchez on this team like you got you have to trade him and it comes down to other things like I don't know if Labor Torres should be playing shortstop. 
you should put a Gleyber Torres a lot better at second base. But if you re-sign LeMahieu, then what do you do with Voight? Right. There's. I mean, there's, there's just so much that I mean, you know, what like say for example, what if we get rid of Boone? Like who who do you think would be a good? I'd love coach to bring to Buck Showalter in. Buck Showalter is old. Like if he wants to come back and manage, I think the Yankees would be glad <laughs> to have him. He's like he was a great manager when he did. And now he's yeah. an analyst for broadcast, but I think Buck Showalter would be a phenomenal choice for a manager for the Yankees. And I know I'm going to get a lot of heat from more Yankee fans for saying this, but AJ Hinch is out there. That's and I right. understand that AJ Hinch is now he's indicted with the Astro cheating scandal, but I don't think you can blame that all on Hinch when it was the players and stuff like yeah. Hinch had to have known, but Hinch is still a good manager, regardless of what you say. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, but we'll see. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, there's a lot to go through this off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, all I know for now is there's going to be some big changes. I don't know what changes yet, but there are going to be some big changes in mm-hmm. this Yankees team. Yeah. My sure. dream off season for the Yankees right now, bring in Trevor Bauer, the starting pitching lineup. If we bring in Trevor Bauer, it'd be Garrett Cole, Bauer, then Severino. We get him back next year, Debbie Garcia. And then you have Montgomery or Clark Schmidt. Right. That'd be I a pretty deadly starting lineup, in my opinion, <laughs> that'd um, be cool. for starting I mean, pitching. I know that'd be. I mean, talk about a threat to other teams. Like that's like it's, a serious. It's three borderline three. Cy Young candidates in one pitching rotation. But we'll see. It's like I mean, the we, Mets. Don't, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except we can but... hit. <laughs> exactly. Well, with that being said, let's go on to some more New York stuff. The Jets. A lot has gone on with the Jets. This past week, I mean, Nick, yeah. let's just get your thoughts. First of all, Le'Veon Bell just is just gone. Yeah, they, I mean, they just they couldn't well, get anything. They just released him. Like I understand what? Le'Veon Bell's been hurt, but I find it hard to believe that there are no teams that want him. Considering there are reports that teams are that teams are interested, that were interested. Uh, it's how do you just release Le'Veon Bell? I, I mean, I think it, that the Jets might be the biggest dumpster fire in sports. <laughs> right now i think they're a totally mismanaged franchise you bring in adam gase let and then you keep you keep your gm you bring in, that gm hires adam gase that gm is now also in charge of signing levy on bell he signed levy on bell and controlled the entire draft after the draft you fired the gm had adam gase now bring in his gm who's joe douglas and now it's adam gase running the jets the Jets are by far the worst team in the league. And I think at the rate they're playing right now, if they don't get Adam Gase out of there as soon as possible, they will go 0-16 this year. I don't think the Jets are even cap- remotely capable of winning a game. I know. I agree with that 110%. I mean, it's just that you, the entire franchise is an, is just terrible. I mean, it's just... An absolute it, nightmare. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, you know, when I saw that they released Le'Veon Bell, like Le'Veon Bell, I was just beside myself like what what like what went through their mind to think this i mean yes he has injuries but like frank is starting running back now frank is like like, 900 years old (laughs) like your your season already is off to a really really bad start and now you're letting go of probably one of your better players actually it is one of your better players and like if this team doesn't go 0 and 16 i mean I'd be, I'd be amazed. It's, it's such a feat to go 0-16 in the NFL, but I think the Jets are uh, up for the challenge right now. Um, I feel so incredibly bad for Sam Darnold. Like, he was oh, yeah. drafted oh, with yeah. so much potential. I still think he has a lot of potential to be a very good quarterback, 
But Adam Gase has totally ruined all of his confidence. He's about to probably go through three head coaches in four seasons. Uh, that's not oh, yeah, a winning sure. recipe for a young quarterback. Considering Sam Darnold's basically 22, 23, he had a, he's a lot of years left where he could play in the NFL at a starting caliber way. And if he just gets, I think if, if let's, let's say they do draft Trevor Lawrence this year, they trade Sam Darnold. I think if you put Sam Darnold in the right organization, comeback player of the year kind of situation, I think he could really flourish in certain kinds of systems. Like trade him to the Steelers. Big Ben's got maybe a year left after the season. Um, it's a great situation for him. Sits behind Big yeah, Ben for a I year, and then he's coached by Mike Tomlin. I think that'd be huge. I think it'd be very big. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, as we, as you said, I think Sam Darnold is a, is a great quarterback. I think when he was drafted two, like three years ago, I thought he was going to be like, oh, he's going to take this Jets team to another level. But, I mean, we look at what this Jets team has done to him, and it just it, it breaks my heart Had- because we're seeing him go through just a tornado of just – you know, could be looking at an 0-16 mm-hmm. season right now, looking at a really bad season last season. I mean, you know, in my in my opinion, like, you got to get rid of Darnold. I mean, not, if, just so you get rid of Darnold because we know how much potential he has and we know that he can actually use that potential mm-hmm. on a good team. As you said, the Steelers, yeah. you know, you put him behind Roethlisberger for a year, he, he gets a little better, gets, some, gets, like, you know, behind a solid team. No question. He could be he could be rook, uh, comeback player of the, of the year. No mm-hmm. question. And the Jets are just a disaster recipe when you put a young quarterback in there. You take all of his offense, you take all of his offensive pieces away. So Robbie Anderson, his best wide arguably the best wide receiver on the team last year, leaves. They destroy the offensive line. Their offensive line's a joke. They have he's pressured almost every single snap. And he has no like the defense is abysmal. It's just not a re- it's not a recipe I mean, for a winning quarterback when the their defense can't He's always playing from behind. He's always being pressured. He has no one to throw to. Now he has no running back. It's like it's, Sam Darnold on an island, and then people are shocked when he doesn't perform well. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think if we're talking about, you know, looking into next season, I'm getting Trevor Lawrence. I think Adam Gase has got to go. Like, they got to fire him. He's I don't think there's any way Adam Gase survives the season. It's just a matter of Adam Gase should be <laughs> fired on, in week six. Not week seven. Exactly, because like, yeah, exactly. Because here's the thing is like, if you're going to bring in, and I hope, I mean, no one knows because the draft is not for a while, but if you're going to bring in a, an absolute stud of a quarterback, such as Trevor Lawrence to this team, you got to get rid of Gaze mm-hmm. because he's, he's going to do the same thing as he did with Donald. He's going to turn him into just a subpar quarterback who we are, who we thought was going to be phenomenal. We look at, we look at Trevor Lawrence at Clemson right now. I mean, he looks like an unstoppable force. Yeah. But I think if he goes to the Jets and Gase is there, Gase is just going to take rip all that talent mm-hmm. away from him. I don't think it's a matter of – it's not a matter of if Adam Gase is going to be there with this next quarterback, if they even end up drafting a quarterback. You know, anything could happen yeah. in the NFL. Crazier things have happened. The Jets may not end up with the first overall pick. Um, but if, you, in, if you're in that situation, like, it's not a matter of is Adam Gase going to be there. It's a matter of when, when Adam Gase isn't going to be this season. Is it going to be next right. week? Is it going to – I think if the, Dolph, if the Dolphins embarrass the Jets this week, how do you, how do you keep <clears throat> Gase there? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be – it's either going to be – it's not going to be week, like, 16. It's going to be soon. I, it has like, to we're be. looking the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, especially – I think you're right. This game against the Dolphins and maybe if he barely gets to the next week, the following week, 
he may be there. I I doubt he's gonna make any yeah. farther than that because I mean, if Gase is gone, I say bring in Eric Bieniemy <laughs> from the from the Chiefs. He looks like a stud yeah. offensive coordinator who might be able to really develop a quarterback and bring Trevor Lawrence in. That could be the that could be the stud coaching hire of that of the next coaching cycle. There are already a few there are already a few spots open in uh in Atlanta right now and in Houston. The Jets are definitely gonna be another one. Oh yeah, for sure. And speaking of quarterbacks. Alex Smith for the Washington football team has come back from over three years of recovering from a serious injury. That was, I, I think it's the, I think it's maybe I mean, the biggest feel good sports story in sports in the last couple of years. Does he Adam Gaze, not Adam Gaze, my bad. Does he Alex Smith get to play football again after uh, I watched that injury live. It was to the T exactly how Joe Theismann uh, had a non-displacement fracture in his knee. Um, it was really gruesome to watch in real time and to hear his recovery story. He almost died because he had like, he had like parasitic bacteria that infected after surgery with the, with his knee. Like it's crazy that Alex Smith can even remotely think about playing football. I mean, it was great. Like I, um, I remember watching the game. I remember I was actually watching game and what I saw what what his leg looked Mm -hmm. like, like when he went to the hospital, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, wow, this 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 guy's football career is over. Yeah. It's and amazing to see believe- him play. Even though he didn't have like the best game. I don't think I don't think the yeah. Washington offense were any touchdowns, but like you look at what he's dealing with in Washington. He has Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, maybe, but they don't have an O line. And as much you want I, I want to say Alex Smith's like gonna be a great quarterback comeback of the year. Like it's impossible for him to be the quarterback he was before. It's just, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just injury. incredible to see him on a football field again. And I want to commend Alex Smith for having the courage and determination to actually be able to come back and play. Yeah, and it actually, funny story. So I actually were watching a documentary re- relatively uh, recently about Alex Smith and his leg. And I remember in the documentary, they're saying how he actually went to a military hospital for his leg and did rehab there for, my guess is like, years like i guess the, the past two years to get his like to even like move in somewhat yeah. same function that he was playing in the nfl and i mean like that i give huge props to because that is unbelievable mm-hmm. i mean to come from basically you know not being able to walk to you know being able start to start a quarterback to, for a national a football league uh, team i mean you know crazy it was it, it i mean this is you know I'm not saying like this is probably one of the best, I guess you could say, comeback stories from an mm-hmm. injury. No question. You know, like just just so I mean, yes, we you know we hear people that get their you know tear their ACL or they break a leg. A non like, a this is, like, non-displacement leg. fracture in your knee. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. So I mean, you got to commend him. And he I said mean, in interviews that like he wasn't doing this for himself. He was doing this so his kids could see that his dad was able to overcome something like that and go back onto a football field and play. And I think that in itself is so commendable. And to have his two boys and his wife sit in the, sit in the stands at a FedEx field on last Sunday, that was a really touching moment to watch. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, when I saw him like playing, I remember I, was, I wanted to watch that game. I was like, I got to watch a Washington game. Like when I saw him out there, I was like, this is like unbelievable to, from where he came from to, basically his knee being just completely smashed to throwing passes and somewhat moving in a, a decent form. I mean, it was unreal. And I give, and I give such big props to him because that's, 
Quite the Undertaker. Yeah, he, that, yeah I mean, no, I don't think anybody or very few people mm-hmm. can do that. Very, very few people can do that. And, you know, thankfully he had the opportunity to get the medical attention and care he, he did. But I think yeah. that's huge. I think that's really, really big. So so speaking with the – I was going to yeah, say, speaking, speaking with football, let's talk about some of the highlight games that are going to come up this Sunday, tomorrow, um, in the NFL – and I was going to say, I think the biggest highlight game that we could talk about for tomorrow is going to be the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, kickoffs at 1 o'clock, Browns at Steelers. Uh, the Browns are 4-1, and one, the Steelers are 4-0. and oh. What do you think? Who do you got? I got the Steelers, Nick. And this is solely coming off. I mean, no, no hate to the Browns. You know, big congrats for them staying 4-1. and one. But, you know, this Pittsburgh team that we're watching right now, seems to be a force very very good a very very good team i mean you know last year the steelers were were okay you know roethlisberger got injured so he was out and they were you know having a tough time trying to pick a starting qb rudolph was in there for a little bit bridgewater but you know this steelers team now look very very mm-hmm. good you know they and i you know we were talking about what teams deserve to be for now i mean this team deserves to be yeah now and i think it's going to be a good game. You know, the, the, the Browns are also doing very well. You know, uh, they've had a, they've had a great season yeah, so four far. And one. But I think four and one, you know, but I think that the Steelers are going to take this one solely just because they are just clicking on every level. And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, a complete blowout. But I think it's going to be a close game that, that the Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think the AFC North is the best division in football right now. Uh, and you look at you have what well, you have the four and one Steelers, you have the four and one Browns, the four and one Ravens, and then you have the zero and five Bengals, but they don't count. Oh, the or <laughs> oh four and one Bengals, uh, they don't really count. But if you look at Pittsburgh, right. especially, I think they have performing wise the best defense right now in football. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and that uh, Joe Hayden, that uh, secondary is really good. And then you look at and then you look at their front seven, and you have. Bob Dupree and you have TJ Watt coming at you on both sides. That's scary. And it's a nightmare for any O-line and quarterback they're up against. And then you look at the offensive pieces for the Steelers, Benny Snell and James Conner are working very well as a committee together in the backfield. Big Ben is playing very good coming off of a UCL injury, uh, especially for a quarterback. He's playing very well coming off of an elbow injury. And Last week, we saw our, I guess, our biggest breakout player of, like, rookie-wise so far in Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase Claypool yeah. had four touchdowns against the Eagles last, last week. Uh, he was a second-round pick out of Notre Dame. Uh, he looks great. He looks like a monster. He's huge. He gets fast. He can catch. Uh, he's a huge target for Ben. Um, and if Chase Claypool, Juju, they have Deontay Johnson. They have uh, James Washington. They have Swifter. They have five serviceable starting wide receivers. Yeah, I mean this this, this Pittsburgh team is just real. They mm-hmm. got everything, you know. And you know, moving from that, another game that I just wanted to bring up because, uh, as we know, there was a serious injury last weekend with the Cowboys for the quarterback. You know, Prescott, Dak Prescott, was just totally yeah. Demolished, he has a displacement fracture playing, of his ankle. And, you know, very similar to Alex Smith, but not in the knee, it's in his ankle. And I was actually watching that game, and it, it, the injury itself, just watching him get hit, yeah. totally, I was shaking. But they take on the Arizona Cardinals, and 
what I mean, let's just get your initial thoughts. How is this Dallas team going to do without Prescott? It's going to be interesting. Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback. Andy, we saw Andy Dalton on the Bengals, and he brought them to the playoffs a few times. Granted, never won a game with the playoffs. They have like what the longest like non playoff win drought. Um, but Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback. He chokes in big moments sometimes, but the Cowboys are definitely a, one of the better offenses that he's played with. He has Zeke in the backfield. Receiving-wise, he has three capable 1,000-yard receivers and Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb, who's really looked really well. C.D. Lamb has looked very good. The O-line on Dallas is not as strong as it used to be. We've, we've seen that now. But I think Andy Dalton could do some stuff. Uh, I think the Cowboys' defense is horrible. They have, I think, the worst secondary yeah. in the league. They get lit up every game, and I think they should. I think the Cowboys should be one and three right now. The Giants should have won last week, but going up yeah. against an explosive Cardinals offense, which is must see TV every time they're on with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think that the Cardinals offense is really going to take advantage of a weak secondary. Uh, and I, I have to say, I'm going to say Kyler Murray is going to rush all over the front seven, and DeAndre Hopkins is going to beat every single one of their cornerbacks. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you on. I mean, I, I'm going with the Cardinals too. I mean, just solely as we're saying, uh, the Cowboys' defense is just atrocious. Uh, you know, they, they this entire season they haven't looked good. They just I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys' defense, but it's just it, they got to get it together. And I think you know Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are just going to tear this team yeah. apart. You know, we know we know we know Arizona has a fast and furious offense. You know, they move the ball well. You know they can just like go through. I mean, talking about the Dallas defense, they're definitely going to go through this defense very. Mm-hmm. And everyone easily. like very, talking very about easily. the Cardinals. No one seems to talk about the defense. The Cardinals defense, while they have lost some games, they have put up a lot, of, a decent amount of points, and put up on the Cardinals. The Cardinals defense from last year to this year has taken leaps and bounds. They're right. they, but the one thing that's going to hurt their defense now is Chandler Jones is out for the year. That's really going to hurt. Chandler Jones was, I think, one of the sack leaders in the league last year. He's a really good linebacker, yeah. but they did make, they have made strides drafting Isaiah Simmons in the draft. I can't believe he fell that far to the Cardinals, but he's been, he's looked really well. They, they have a good team. Uh, the Cardinals, I don't think they're a, by any means a Super Bowl contender. I think they can make the playoffs. They keep staying as their offense keeps playing as well as it does. But I'm going to take the Cardinals against the Cowboys. I don't know. I think the Cardinals are going to take advantage of a bad defense, and that's solely why. Um, and I don't know what to expect out of Andy Dalton. We're going to have to see. The Cowboys do lead their division two and three right now. They're two and three, which is really sad that that's the first place team in the NFC East right now. They're two and three. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah. see if Andy Dalton's that much of a demotion from Dak Prescott. I mean, we'll see. I, I, I mean, I know Andy Dalton. We all know he's a, a good quarterback, but I think – him just being thrown in there right now, just in the state of what the Cowboys are in, you know, this team has not clearly been together. They don't seem like they're working well yeah. with each other. I mean, we're going to see. I mean, who knows? And hopefully Dalton is, you know, going to bring this team a little bit mm-hmm. of hope when when Dak goes under for, you know, surgery. Yeah, he already had successful like that, surgery but... last Sunday. It's just a waiting game so there you on go. how his rehab goes and what's going to happen in the offseason. It's going to be a very interesting offseason for Dak Prescott. Because he's a free agent. For sure. Well, that's right. I mean, we'll see. So, closing off the show, we're going to go back to the last weekend, speaking more about the Cowboys and the New York Giants. Nick, 
thoughts. The Giants <laughs> got robbed. The Giants should have had 42 points in this game. I think uh, Jerry Jones bought somebody dinner on the refs uh, in, in the refs in Dallas. It was some really, really bad calls against the Giants, um, especially two touchdowns. They got taken off the board for really bad calls. There was the one touchdown, Darius Slayton, and then the other fake field goal. Um, that was really impressive. I think that this was the best coaching job play calling wise I've seen out of the giants in years. I think Joe judge called a really good game against the Cowboys on Sunday. Uh, I, I think the giants are the best and five team. Uh, I don't think the giants are going to stay and five much longer. I do think they're actually going to win this week against the, against Washington. Um, we'll have to see the giants. The giants should have won last week. I think the giants should be two and three. Because I think the Giants should have beaten the Bears, too. I think there were bad calls in that game, oh, yeah, too, that put sure. the Giants down. And they also could have beaten the Steelers. There were all the, there have been bad calls against the Giants I can spot now in three games so far this year, which is not a very good look for the NFL and the refs. But we'll have to see what happens. The Giants, I think, were entirely robbed against the Cowboys. Like, say what you want. I feel bad for Dak Prescott. The Cowboys came out a win for Dak Prescott, whatever. But that was a Giants game to lose. And... I think the refs lost the game for the Giants. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, th- this matchup was actually very evenly put. I think, you know, both teams coming in were very shaky. You know, the Giants were 0-4. 1-3. 1-3. and So this is like a very evenly matched mm-hmm. game. And I think I think the Giants played very well. As you said, you know, th- their play calls, their play calling was, they did a very good mm-hmm. job. You know, Joe Judge did a very good job. I think, yes, I, I remember watching some of the game. The the refs did seem a little bit biased, yes, to the to the Cowboys. But you know, it's I mean, who 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 knows, man? Who there's always you're always gonna mm-hmm. get some bad refs. There's always some bad apples and and you get some bad calls. Yeah. And I think I agree with you. I think that I think the Giants should have won. Um, you know, I feel bad for for the Cowboys and 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 uh Dak because you know that what happened happened um that's no one could have predicted that yeah you know, no no, no one's said, gonna, oh, no, gonna no, hurt can't his... game plan to, can't game plan an injury but say exactly. what you want so... about the refs against the I'm not a giant fan I'm a Packer fan say what you want about the refs Michael Gallup made two incredible catches late in the game on the final drive yes. of the game incredible catches on the sideline and both of them had to be reviewed to see if he stayed in bounds stayed in bounds on both and they were correct calls by the refs they were incredible catches and there any, there was, I don't think there are certain throws that you make that a defender can't do anything against. And those were two, those were two catches that I don't think any defender on the giants could have done anything. I don't think the giants defense had like the best game. Blake Martinez and Kyler Fackerel played well, but Lorenzo Carter did tear his Achilles tendon. He's out for the year. He's a linebacker for the giants, but Kyler Fackerel and Blake Martinez, two ex Packers, Blake Martinez has led the league in tackles before. They played. They had both two really good outings against the Cowboys, but the Giants' defense as a whole does need improvement, especially when it comes to pass rush. Oh yeah. Um. For one. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you go. No, go ahead. I was go gonna ahead, say go one final thing before we close out the show. What is the future of the Cowboys' quarterback situation? What do you think? I think it's gonna be tough. You know, as you said before, Dak Prescott's now a free agent, so you know it's gonna be tough. Do they re-sign him? Do take him back, or does he? Is he? He's probably going to go somewhere else. Is my it's my thinking, um, but it's really. I mean, it's it's up in the air. They they need a. They've had a, an amazing quarterback. You know, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I really do respect uh, Dak for everything he's done for the yeah. Cowboys. And I think they they need to choose a, 
someone in a similar that was very similar or similar to Dak because he was, you know, he, I don't think he ever had a bad season. No, the Cowboys haven't ever like, had a go round team. They've never had a bad team. He's always yeah, had a receiver like, I think you, whatever it was, Des Bryant, then it became Amari Cooper, and then Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, and now Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb, and he's always had Zeke. Yeah, so, you know, he, he's a, he's a, he was a phenomenal quarterback, but I think now it's like, you do you choose a younger quarterback? You know, when you go to the draft, do you want someone that's just coming out of college? Do you get someone off the, you know, the mm-hmm. waiver? I mean, it's it's really up to the yeah. Cowboys by th- uh, I mean, you know, their staff, their manager staff, but I think they need to choose someone that's somewhat similar yeah. to Dak, just because they know. I mean, you know, he was a he was a, f- a phenomenal quarterback, you know, and they need someone very similar to him. I think, yeah, in my opinion. real quick, I'll put my two cents in. I think it's going to depend on where the Cowboys finish this year and what their record is. If the Cowboys slip and start losing games and they end up at the top near the top of the draft order, I think they take I think they take Trevor Lawrence or they take a look out of the quarterback out of Ohio State. Um, you take a look at one of those and you let Dak walk. They did offer Dak a contract that Dak did turn down because he wanted more years and more money. It looks like that might end up coming back to bite Dak in the butt a little bit. We'll have to see. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting offseason for Dak Prescott. Every, all eyes will be on him when this starts. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on and that one. And thank you, everybody, for listening to our third episode here of Time Out on VIC Radio. You can catch this every every saturday morning at 9 30 a.m uh thank you all for listening i hope you guys have a great weekend happy football sunday tomorrow and hope all your teams win uh stay healthy keep safe everybody see you guys later